Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. Enjoy this. These guys are extremely informative. I love their dialogue. I love their interpretation of the songs, who and what we are, what we were going after. They're very uh, accurate in their uh, interpretations and descriptions. And uh, just I just think this is a great show. And these guys are doing a, a stand-up stellar job. So once again, enjoy Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. I am your host, John. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, and the CMSNetwork.com. We are live right here at those four locations every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to catch video replays of the show, tune into Heavy Metal Television or just go to our YouTube channel. And if you would like to find the audio version of the podcast, just Google Talking Into Infinity, and we're on any number of awesome audio platforms. So check us out there, too, if you want to listen to us in the car or at work or something like that. Uh, let me bring on my excellent friend and co-host, Brian. Here we are, man. Another two weeks have gone by, and here we are bullshitting about Dream Theater yet again. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. It's December. Happy holidays, everyone. Now, I have, a, yes. I have a question for you. Now, we put our we started this a couple years ago. We actually put our tree up the week before Thanksgiving. I used to hate those kind of people. <laughs> but, okay. but now I'm like, you know what, man? It's only up for like you know a month and a half out of the year like why the hell not just put it up early enjoy it right. I don't know. especially because like i don't know how it is for you i absolutely hate this time change crap we get that extra really? hour of sleep but then it's like dude it's like it's dark at you know at five o'clock it's completely dark so like by 7 30 i'm thinking it's like 10 almost every night it's like totally <laughs> totally drains you so i like having the christmas tree and the lights up and everything and kind of cheers things up you know well, there you go yeah, I, it does. It doesn't really bother me. I the only thing it t it takes me a little bit to get used to at work because for the first week and a half after the time change, I'm looking outside like like when I'm ready to leave at like four thirty five. I'm like, damn, is it raining? Is it storming? <laughs> like, oh no, it's getting dark. Okay, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so yeah, it is. It is darker, and it is the holiday season, and we're getting real close to uh, some really cool stuff. I uh, I just about have. Our December 16th episode on lockdown, we're going to have Monty Colvin from the Galactic Cowboys on to talk about their tour with Dream Theater for the Images and Words record. And uh, we are going to follow that up the same night with our Images and Words deep dive. So that'll be our next episode in two weeks on December 16th. And then obviously we're doing our big fan hangout on December 23rd. So if you guys want to jump on camera with us, just send us an email at talkingintoinfinity at gmail.com. And any of you guys that want to come on, just have a free-for-all chat about Dream Theater, whatever you guys want to talk about, music and stuff like that. We're just going to hang out and get you guys on camera. So uh, that is what we have coming up here pretty soon. And then uh, we're like, um, what, less than two and a half months, partly from our show, right? February, what is it? It's February 23rd. Okay. It, so, it's, yeah, uh, we're, we're starting the two-month countdown coming up here. Yep. It's uh, three days before my birthday, so that, that'll be nice. very, very cool. So uh, Nick Brayman's tuning in. What's up, Nick? Good to see you, man. 
Thanks for hanging out. We got our buddy, obviously, uh, Puziani is here. <laughs> so there's there's my buddy Puziani. Puziani, you're gonna like it because I have I actually have a uh, an Italian reference in my notes tonight that I think you're the only one will get. So that'll be good. Uh, and of course, our buddy Kale McLeish, he was number one in the, in the chat tonight. What's up, buddy? Good to see you. So we got our usual suspects here tonight, which is always fun. So uh, yeah, so this is gonna be a little difficult tonight. Uh, you know, as we said in the you know the the show notes. We've already ranked the album openers, and now tonight we are going to do the album closers. And I had a really hard time with this one. Uh, you and I were talking off air, and you had the same problem I did. You said you changed your list like three times. I changed mine three times today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I basically did mine today. <laughs> I mean, full disclosure. No, I mean, I I knew what you know. I knew a rough order of what I wanted, but then I started. I kind of got into it, and I started listening to a couple songs again. And I'm like, wait a second, what am I doing here? Like, I don't know about this. So, I'm real curious to see how we compare, considering we both think we know each other. So, <laughs> this is gonna yeah. Go. I know it's it's definitely gonna be interesting. I. Honestly, I'm wondering if we have the same number one. I'm really, I, I, I am, I would actually put money on the fact that we might have the same number one, which is, which we'll see. Huh. But uh, you know, Puziani says he's going to keep an evil eye out for the Italian reference. Is the, the Malloy? <laughs> That's a nice. deal reference right there. <laughs> there evil it is. eye. It, it's <laughs> nice. also a Malmsteen in, uh, reference too. Oh, that's hilarious. So, all right, so Kale says he's doing his list live except for his bottom, which he keeps flip-flopping my 14th and 13th, so I might have to do a tie. Um, there are no ties allowed. Otherwise, I'd have like probably like a five- or six-way tie in mine. Yeah, so, don't be using Australian math on us. Yeah. We're bad enough <laughs> at American math. Yeah, right. So, so I, have a, I have a question quick. Sorry to interrupt you there. No, you're so okay. So when you were doing this, I was kind of trying to sort of approach it also from like, okay, does this song kind of really really complete the album and if it did it, it sort of gets a, maybe some bonus points or that, no did no you do that, that or no i you know what it's so funny you mentioned that because i was going to ask you the exact same question because what i ran into was i i found that the album opening rankings it was more of a favorite song type of a thing but it also a little bit did it set up the record but this one I kind of went into it with the same thing, but then as I was listening, that's why I changed so many times, because it really was like, okay, I like this song better than this one. But, but then some of them, I bumped up ahead. Of, like there, there are songs that I like less than another one that I ranked higher because it closed the album better. So I did exactly that, and it literally was as I kept listening to the songs more and more. That's kind of what drove my, you know my rankings it was like i kind of would start feeling it like man this this is just a cooler way to close the record even though i would rather listen to this other song yeah so, i i i don't know if i have well i i may on a couple spots but for the most part i still think it's probably songs i prefer but but i still did you know kind of what you're saying also so i don't know we'll see <laughs> this yeah. is there was crazy i had one where i'm like man i really overvalued what i thought this song was and i'm sure i'm gonna i can't wait to get to because i'm gonna get absolutely murdered on this podcast i'm sure <laughs> i i had one that i totally overrated when i finally listened i was like wow so I, I i bumped one down a few spots today it took it took a pretty pretty heavy hit um so it'll be like and, and again like as much i, I said I, i'm wondering if we have the same number one I'm i'm wondering if we could guess each other's 
I, I, why, why don't we start it out? Okay. Let's write down. All right, let's do this. Let's write down what or we I'll think ju- the other person's top three are real quick. Top three. Hmm. All right. Well, because I, I, I have a spreadsheet here that has mine on it. And I'm, I'm going to fill yours in as we go. So, all right, I'm going to say this one. This is riveting radio. I mean, you're. Uh, yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah. guys, can you listen to us write stuff down? <laughs> yeah. All right, so I've got two. Um, let me think. This is going to be. Now that I did this, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I know which I, ones I'm not going to pick. You know what? Oh, I'm going to put this one up there for you. Okay. All right. I mean, and then one, it, one's the Captain Obvious for you that no one. Yeah, even Kale knows that one. <laughs> All right, so I have my three, and and if if one of us, like let's say I I, I call out a song and it's in your top three, we got to say, oh damn, it's off my list or whatever. So, okay. um, all right, so I'm gonna go first. So, what do you think that my last place song would be? So this is number fifteen. We're gonna go bottom to top. What do you think my my last place <sighs> oh, song? Oh man, would be? I for you, this is really damn hard. <laughs> No, it's it's easy. Illumination theory. Oh, and he's wrong. He's wrong. No, my my last place song. Speaking of getting killed on the podcast, uh, beneath the surface. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. Every time I bring something up, you're like, you hate that record. <laughs> yep. Yep. Joe Joe uh. Gebhardt. Joe Gebhardt is right right along with me. Good to see you, buddy. Yep. Beneath the surface. Um. Uh, man. Yeah, I don't. I think this one suffers from the fact that the album did not close with "Breaking All Illusions." Uh, you you get done with that song, and then and then you hear water dripping in this mellow song. I'm like, <laughs> what is this anticlimactic stuff? Like, I just I would I would have put it before "Breaking All Illusions," um, or someplace when you, else. When you approach it from that angle, I I, I can't argue with you. From that yeah, angle. I I just I I couldn't. You know, breaking all illusions is such an. I mean, they ended. They ended their you know, the main part of their sets with that song, so it's like that perfect album closer. And yet they closed it with "Beneath the Surface." I was like, "What the hell?" So, I guess I forgot know. to even look at it from that way. Even though I said I did on the others because I love that album too much. Yeah, right. By the way, K- Kale is ranking number fourteen here. Um, Kale, there are fifteen <laughs> songs, my friend. So you're missing one. I told you it's uh, that Australian math. Yeah, it's Australian math. You know. Yeah, Nick Brayman, he says, I agree. Should end with breaking all illusions. All right. So that's my last place. I'm going to guess your last place. And it's probably an obvious one, but I, I'm wondering if you didn't go the obvious route. I am saying that your last place is Space Divest. You would be wrong. Oh, all right. What is it? I'm actually picking a song for the same reason you did. I picked Viper King. Oh. Because Pale Blue Dot, love that song. Yeah. And it's almost the same thing. And we had this discuss- discussion about, uh, is this a bonus track, whatever. Well, it's on every version of the album, as far as I know, or I think we, we discovered. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a, There's nothing wrong with the song, but in ranking it in here, it's just a, it's kind of it's got that 80s riff. You know, lyrically, it's pretty hokey. We finally figured out it's about a car, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> So yeah, I, I I put that last. I, it's just a goofy song for that album in general. I don't I don't mind it, you know, per se. But I ended up deciding to put it last. Okay. Uh, I obviously have Viper King higher than you do. 
Um, I, I like that song. I, I, I'm a fan of it. However, I do agree with you that, you know, I think closing with Pale Blue Dot would have been better. That's why, you know, you and I both had the same idea. Like, you asked me what I was going to ask you. Like, are we counting Viper King as the final track, even though it's listed as a bonus? Uh, we both went with Viper King as the closer. So, I mean, I would have had Pale Blue Dot higher, I think, where than where I have Viper King. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd have it way up there. Like, but Way up there. Uh, so Kale McLeish wants to know, 15, what did I miss? Oh, I don't know. The view from a top of the world record? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag DT15 we were doing for months, Kale. Come on, man. <laughs> How'd you miss that? <laughs> or are you not counting when Dream and Day Unite? I wonder, it's, it's, one of, it's one of those, man. I told you, those Aust- Australians yeah. and their math. <laughs> Kale's like, oh, six degrees of inner turbulence. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're Ge- counting in an Australian, it would be eins, zwei, drei. Oh no, wait, that's Austrian. No, oh, that's German. Greg Greg du- Greg uh, Dundor is not going to like the rest of this show, and he's about to get banned. Uh, good to see you, man. Uh, he says fifteen is easily only a matter of time. Ooh. Well, that's only a matter of opinion, my friend. <laughs> only a matter of time before you're banned. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and Joe Gebhardt, little little uh, fan on fan hate. Uh, there's fifteen studio albums. You do know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you deserve that one, Kale. One shot, one shot. <laughs> All right, so back on track here. So my second least favorite album closer. Again, Brian, I don't think this is any surprise. Do you want to guess this one? Um, yeah, let's... You already guessed it, so. <laughs> oh, I did? Go ahead, then. Yeah, so it's uh, Lu- Illumination Theory. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, Illumination Theory is my second least favorite album closing song. Uh, I am not a fan of this one. Um, you know, it's it's obviously when we when we rank the the, the epic songs or you know go go through the self titled record deep dive. I mean, I'm giving away future content, but I am not a fan of this song. It's always sounded disjointed to me. Um, it just it's not cohesive yeah, t- to my ears anyway, and I don't know and. I suppose it makes a cool album closer, but because I dislike the song a lot, I put it as my second least favorite. So, um, um, so how do we want to do this? Should I comment on yours rather than comment on mine later when it comes up? Or we didn't work can, this out. <laughs> no, if you if you if you have a comment, sure. Otherwise, just go into yeah. yours. Yeah. No, I, I, this song has kind of grown on me a bit. Now, I. I love, I don't, I don't say love, but the first six, seven minutes I'm okay with. I, I like the orchestral beginning. I'm okay with the cool, the vocals and stuff in the beginning. But then you get like that three, I don't know, a couple minutes of just kind of nothing going on. And then I don't like it again until that uh, really cool vocal part he does that I brought up on our voc- James vocal shows. Yeah. Um, so there's like seven minutes of maybe eight and a half minutes total of what, 22 or whatever that, that yeah. I like. This song has grown on me a little bit, so I, I'm not as as down as you are uh my 14 is was you was obvious with space divest <laughs> kale mcleish agrees with you man yeah i i think if maybe if i didn't know what the song was about it wouldn't annoy me as much but even listening to it i don't know i just the sound of it there's a couple little keyboard things he does i like you know and, and it's some of the sounds are kind of okay but it's just it's too quirky too quirky it just i don't know it's a goofy song we that, that i've said that a million times <laughs> and on a list like this it would have been easy to put it last but i actually did give it a little bit of credit i put it you know next to last 
<laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I have obviously strong feelings about that song if you've watched the show or listened to the show at all. Um, so obviously it's higher for me. Uh, we'll obviously disagree with that. Um, you know, Kale, Kale's with you, man. He says, you want to talk anti-climax? Let's put something after the culmination of everything that Awake is. And that's a piano battle where James doesn't put in his strongest effort vocally. You know? I See, here's the thing, Kale. Like, you, you, and even you, Brian, like, people are, like, so up on Scarred. But even that, if you left, if you left Scarred as the album closer for Awake, I, I wouldn't think that that's, that's a strong album closer for Awake. So... I would agree I mean, on that. Yeah. So, um, Greg Dundor, the astonishing. Well, that so so astonishing is his number fourteen spot. Okay, uh, that is going to be an interesting one for me. Uh, it is not, you know, the greatest, but it is in my number thirteen spot. So, I actually that's one that I dropped several spots today. Um, I love that record. But, you know, just like Beneath the Surface, I thought that there was other stuff that was way more majestic on that record that sounded much more of a big closing kind of a vibe. And that song just, it, it felt like they were rushing to the end of it. Whereas a lot of the other closers on this list, they were kind of drawn out for the live effect, you know, on, on stage and whatnot. And that one just was not. Um <clears throat> So, I disagree. I think it's a I okay. think it's a solid ending to 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 the album. You know, it's not overly long, which I kind of that part I like about it. You know, because you've already been bombarded by what borderline two hours or two plus hours. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like the fact that it's not super long. I think it gets to the point and um and wraps it up. Okay, all right. So what it what is uh, what is your okay? This is this is where I get annihilated. Oh boy. I put Presence of Enemies Part Two. What? Oh, there goes one of my top three. Wow. Oh man, this one I really over. The my, my favorite part no of this kidding. song is the last three and a half to four minutes where we hear all of the parts from Presence from, of from Enemies Part One. Part yeah. One. So, and I I am not going to. Wow be on this bandwagon that this is all one song that's just complete total nonsense there's no way this could have ever been one song i i don't have you ever it. listened to it back to back i didn't I think... do that no but but i just don't i don't know i don't buy it well if, if you haven't listened to it back to back how can you make that assessment <laughs> i don't know man no I, wow that is crazy yeah, I, I would just, never I, have. Th- I thought that you loved it. Okay, now that I know you haven't listened to it as a whole complete piece, that would make sense. I thought you had done that, so I, I literally thought you were going to put that in your top three. No, no, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't. It's heavy, and I, I don't know the that those vocal growling parts or whatever. It's, I think it's kind of silly. It, it, it sort of gets silly at almost at to a point. Yeah. Oh, but, he, Joe Gebhardt has an interesting point here. Going back to Space Divest. Um, sorry to go backwards a little bit. He says, if they could have put it on the album in place of Space Divest, to live forever would have done well. I don't. I I love to live forever, Joe. I absolutely love that song. I don't know that that song would have fit on Awake at all, though. That's much more of an images and words, or That's what I'd say, you know, Octavarium, or even something like maybe I don't know, falling into infinity. Uh, 
I just I, awake. I think is too dark for that song. But I mean, it's an interesting point. It's an interesting point. Um, wow! In the wow, man! In the presence of enemies, part two. That's crazy. All right. Well, that that's gonna make our deep dive into that record much more interesting. Yeah. So, all right. Well, moving on. So my number twelve is a view from the top of the world and this one i pretty much have it down this far i think because i'm not really familiar with it yet so it's kind of like a recency bias i suppose um i kind of liken it to on my on my star wars show we ranked the the live action movies really soon after the rise of skywalker came out and I really like the Rise of Skywalker, so go ahead and crap on me for that if you guys don't. A lot of people don't. But I had it way down my list because I just hadn't seen it nearly as many times as I have the other movies. So but so it wasn't reflective of the fact that, oh, this movie sucks. Like It was just I wasn't familiar with it like I was the other stuff, and I think that's what happened with this one. Um, I know that I like it better than In the Presence of Enemies. Or excuse me, um, uh, Illumination Theory. But to say that I'm familiar with it enough to really like make a fair assessment of it against, you know, the rest of these, I think would be in it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a fair comment. Uh, I will say, just strictly as an album closer, knowing it a little bit, I think it's a better album closer than the ones I had before it. Yeah, I, well, I kind of wanted to save this till the end, but maybe I'll just go ahead and say it now. Like this was the hardest song for me to rank. And I kind of didn't want to like just go listen to it like three million times, you know, either. So I, I I put it on a couple times, and then you know, in my rotation of the other ones, um, this was the hardest. There was two songs that were really hard to rank. This was the hardest one by for me by far. Okay. I actually have at twelve uh, Illumination Theory. Okay, you won't get any arguments from me there. So yeah, it's you know definitely can be a. You know, even though I there's some parts of it I said I like now, it's you know it's definitely the bottom of the barrel here. <laughs> it's did you have it like I had it like I I have the ceiling you know I where it starts to become really difficult for me. Like I've kind of got like the the the, the B the B sides and and you know then the the A sides almost. And I think I you know what is what I say like number eight or something. I think I said yeah is where my mine starts to get really difficult uh you know well it's hard because like we said something's got to be last and something's got to be 12th and whatever so yeah (laughs) it's just that's just how it is no matter what you know right yeah so greg dundor says he's got viper king at 13 and space divest at 12 good songs just not as good as others um joe gebhardt he says i've only heard the recording of to live forever from the greatest hit album which has the awake sounding production Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that version is from the Atco demos, which is actually the samples and everything, the pretty much the exact production they used for images and words. So that maybe that's why I feel like it it fits on on that record a little better. Um, you know, Kale he says his number twelve is astonishing. Oh hey son, you killed our daughter for fifteen minutes there, but all good, we forgive you. <laughs> the wrap up to the story is poor, extremely poor. <laughs> yeah, he says it. For me, our new world and power down felt right as a better ending, even if there's no close closure for Xander and the nefarious family. Yeah, I mean, our new world's a great song. I mean, I would have, I would have definitely preferred that. I think, but you know. Uh, all right, so moving on, my number eleven. 
Uh, it starts to get a little, this is where it gets a little more difficult, I would say, but I have uh, In the Name of God in the number 11 spot. And that one for me, I like it. Uh, it's it's a great song, but I think I don't have it higher because it, you know, the ones that I have ahead of it just work better in that closing spot. To me, this is, you know, it grooves, it's heavy, it's kick-ass. You know, I was, I'm a fan of this song. It's great, but I think that it's just like a longer version of the stuff that came before it. Whereas I think things that are coming up on on both of our lists. Um, kind of encapsulate those records a little better than in the name of god did yeah that's we talked before about how brutal and heavy and and you know crushing that whole album is um other than what vacant or whatever but yeah um, you get to that last song there and you've been pretty well pummeled to death so i think you <laughs> i think you got it in a good spot yeah um i the thing I love about that song, I love kind of that middle part where it's like that Middle Eastern groove where it's like a combination of like, it's like yeah. Santana, Rusted Root, like the doors almost, you know, the end or right. whatever, like the bass part. And then when it goes into that, it's like Flight of the Bumblebee, you know, basically on a guitar. Yeah. Like no human should be able to play guitar that fast, you know, like. That was so, so cool. Yeah, it's got those awesome little parts like that that kind of sort of save it from just being a big giant basher, you know, it's got that cool, neat stuff in the middle in the end. And uh, that's that's a song that I definitely have a have a new appreciation for after we did our deep dive. Sure, our buddy Chris Minnick is uh, hopefully I pronounced that right. Minnick um, is checking in. What's up, man? Good to see you. He says, "Hey guys, uh, Greg Dundor, in the name of God." He says, "Well, there goes my number two. <laughs> that is <laughs> wow. way high." Wow, that's that's really high for that. That's cra- wow. All right, that's an interesting take. All right, so um, my my I- number eleven will probably surprise you. Okay. I picked closing time because first of all, it's a ripoff of that semi-sonic song. Uh closing time finale off of a uh, six degrees of <laughs> it's such called? an ass. Uh, oh sorry, that's losing. Oh, losing time. God. Losing time finale. Sorry, I'm not good at pronunciating words sometimes. Wow, you have that one down there? So, yeah, you know what? The thing about that song was I, I put it on. I'm like, I like the song, but it's five minutes, but it's really only like four because it's about an hour. It's about a minute and a half fade out. And I'm like, is it that satisfying of an ending to the to the concept and the album and that? I, I don't know. It, it it That was one that I told you really surprised me because I, I had it up a lot higher and then I listened to it again. And I'm like, I don't know. I better move this down. So that's why I moved it down. <laughs> Man, yeah, I I like that song. I I th- I think it's I think it's a great uh closing, you know, salvo for that you know, if if not just the second disc, you know, the 6 degree sweep but but the whole record. I I I think I think it's awesome. I really well, like I, that I don't one. it's not that I dislike it. It's just I don't know. I just feel like it for for when I was listening to the rest of the stuff, I'm like I I don't know. I couldn't put it ahead of that, so it sits there at number eleven. Okay, look at this. Nick Brayman has uh, "In the Name of God" as his number one. Wow, that's we have some hot takes in here tonight. Yeah, some hot takes <laughs> in the chat. <laughs> that would not be. I mean, I could see some people who love that album maybe putting it in the top five, but I don't know about number one. That's wow. That hey, hmm. number what, one. That's what makes the show cool. So, all right. 
Well, so Greg, Greg Dundor, uh, he says, to be frank, I ranked more on how much I like the song and not as much on quality of album ender. So, yeah, that's, uh, oh, look at this. Here we go. Our buddy Adam Rishog is just checking in for a quick second. He says, hey, guys, I can't watch uh, live because I'm working, but had to put my two cents in. My number one closer has to be Octavarium. You know my love for that song. Not only is it their best epic, that song closing a set would be a dream come true. Uh, good to see you for a second, man. I uh, hope to see you in a couple weeks here or on the 23rd. And uh, I don't think Brian or I are surprised that Octavarium is your number one. If I would have had to have guessed yours, that would have been it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all righty. Uh, we do have a quick question here. Chris Minnick, shouldn't Six Degrees be one full track? Uh, no, we actually we actually took it because they do break it into like parts. So, you know, um, unless we're doing a draft, then you're allowed to take it as one full track. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Which Adam yeah. did. <laughs> yes, he yes he did. <laughs> All right, so my number ten. I have seen nine finally free. Uh, love the record. Uh, but I think as a closer, I think there were better melodies and pieces to close with on that album. Uh, some things were just bigger and stand out more, and I don't think that one. It kind of encapsulates the record pretty well. Um. I do like the part in the middle with the shooting. That's really brooding and dark and, you know, the do, 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 with like, you know, the church bells on it and stuff like that. And it's, you know, heavy. And um, so I like that part of it. But I just there were other songs that I, I thought, you know, closed a record in better fashion than that one. I'm going to save my comments for when I pick that one. <laughs> OK. Um, I have it. We're at 10, right? Uh, yes. Name of God. Okay. So that that one kind of surprised me that I had it that high, which I guess is not that high, but I well, I, I originally had it lower. So it's it's one it's one ahead of mine. Yeah, yeah. So. We were we were in the same we were in the same neighborhood on that one. Yeah. You. I mean, right now you've only really gotten far away from a couple of mine, so we're we're somewhat in agreement, I would say. So. I think yeah. my number nine is going to blow your mind here. Okay. Well, I've mine... got... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, right. go I've ahead. got Matter of Time. That is not surprising to me. No? No. Well, you don't You don't like that record very much. Well, no. I just thought you would be think that I would have had it lower to begin with. Actually, I did. I really thought you would have. you would have had that one lower. Yeah. I really did. No, I, you know, the more I listen, especially what I've said before, I like that song because it's a real window into what's coming from images and words, especially when you get towards the end of it. You know, it, it really sets up like, wow, this is where this is going to end up going. And you could totally tell when you listen, especially when you listen to like the live version, because um, James singing it, you know, and then James, of course, goes on to sing, you know, for the band, for every, every other album since, but right <laughs> but uh yeah I, I put it in there you know I, I i thought you know what i better give this a little more credit than i have in the past so i got it number nine okay all right my uh my number nine is viper king uh i had that up there i and i love it and, and this is right before it starts getting really difficult for me and i you know the thing about viper king for me is that i i really really love that song but again 
it is a bonus track if it's indeed a bonus track as we've discussed previously we we think they just did a joke and called it viper king parentheses bonus track but right um yeah i think pale blue dot makes a much better album closer i would say um you know but in terms of the songs that i think didn't close the albums in a strong fashion viper king is probably my favorite of them I just love that deep purple type of vein to it, and it's got a really cool groove that they haven't really done on other songs, and it's just interesting. It's very interesting for me, so I I, re- I really dig that one. Um, all right, your number eight. I got the astonishing here. Okay. Well, I mean, we, we were far apart on that one. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird that one was that one sort of moved. It, it, at one point it was lower, then it was higher, and then I was like, eh, "Let me just stick this sucker like literally right in the middle, basically." <laughs> so, okay. So yeah, you know, we already I already commented on it. I, I think it's it. If I was to do this again, it probably should be lower. In all honesty, but <laughs> are you changing it, your list live now? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I would switch. I should probably swap that out with name of God. I would probably put name of God up there now that I'm thinking about it. I'd, sw- <laughs> I'd swap those two. All right. Well, wow, the astonishing right there. Okay. Uh, my number eight. So you got me all discombobulated because you skipped me on one turn. So now we're going backwards. Sorry. Um, my number eight. This one may surprise you that this is down uh, this low. Is the Count of Tuscany. And again. Number eight is where mine started getting really difficult. Uh, I absolutely love this song. You and I are on record, both of us saying that we love it, you know, and as much as I love it, you love it more than I do. Um, this, this, again, this is where it started getting really tough. Uh, I just think that the ones that come after it, at least in my opinion, for my tastes, worked better as album closers. Um, this, to me, was just another great song. It wasn't like, you know, it tied the record together in a certain fashion. It was just, hey, here's, you know, we open with, you know, Nightmare to Remember, and then we close with The Count of Tuscany. You're like, oh, that's cool. But it didn't have that closer vibe like I think, you know, the stuff that I have coming after this have, or has, have, whatever I'm trying to say. Uh, My grammar's all over the map tonight. But, yeah, so my number eight, The Count of Tuscany. I agree about the the statement about closing an album. We we when we did our deep dive, I think I don't know if we were in agreement, but I, I thought it Black Clouds is fairly disjointed, um, track to track, you know. Right. So uh, you having it there is probably a little lower than I thought you would, but I'm not shocked. Right. Um uh, that's where I decided to put a number seven. I put view from the top. Um Wow. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Like I said, I listened to it a couple more times, and I'm like, man, I love the, I love the or- orchestration in the beginning and stuff. And uh, I guess my dog does too. I don't know if you can hear him; <laughs> he's going <laughs> crazy. But yeah, I, I don't know. I like the only thing I get, think I don't like so much is the actual chorus. Like I, I think like melodically, it's, it's a little bit weak. But I love all the guitar stuff that's going on, and I think this is one of those songs that's going to end up being like. Not to the degree of kind of Tuscany is for me, but it's going to move up there. It would it will end up moving up on my list probably like three years from now or something. Okay, uh, Greg uh, Greg Dundor says that 
Full six degrees of inner turbulence would have been number three for me. If we didn't take it track by track, if we just <laughs> literally used six What's degrees your best as... full side of an album? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, would, would you have ranked the entire piece higher than you did the, you know, losing time grand finale? Oh, for sure, yeah. Not even close. Okay. Yeah, I think I would have too. Yeah. Um, so I guess, and now here's a question for a future episode. So, I mean, I guess that would mean that we have to include six degrees as one song for our when we you know if we get into ranking like the epics i never thought of that for some reason so i guess that answers our question yeah i would say so okay all right all right so your number seven is a view from the top of the world okay my number seven is in the presence of enemies part two i think it's great uh i i've always been a fan of that i i love Again, when you listen to it all as one piece, Brian, that that really dark, sinister stuff kind of it's it, it 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 really is one of those typical dream theater left turns. Uh, but I can see where you would think it's kind of wonky on its own, considering it as a separate song. Yeah, uh, I think Systematic Cast is a pretty eclectic record, and and this is the most eclectic song on that record. Uh, and and one of the reasons I ranked it as high as I did is because I think it, it bookends the record perfectly and it ties the whole thing together because the stuff that comes in between parts one and two, all the songs in the middle, there is a really diverse collection of stuff. I'd, maybe even more so than on any other record they've done. You know, when you're talking about repentance going up against like Dark Eternal Night, everything in the middle is like, what in the hell is going on? Yeah. And then when you get into in the presence of enemies part two. And then like you said, when it gets into the end, it goes back to the beginning of, of the record and you know, the, the opening parts of it, it just ties it up in one neat little package. And so, uh, I, I would, I wouldn't say that this is one that ends all majestic like the other, other ones that I have coming after this do, but it ties everything together so nicely that I thought it worked as a, I thought it really worked as a closer. Obviously you didn't, because yeah. you have it <laughs> way down your list, but <laughs> yeah, I I ended up going with "Beneath the Surface" at six. Wow, I love that song. I I, I think his vocals are just are amazing on that. And it's just a, it's a simple, and I I don't know. I understand what you're saying about how can you put it after breaking all illusions, but I got used to like when I first started working. Uh, well, I hadn't first started been there, but when the album. When that album first came out, I listened to it all the time at work. I mean, literally like every day I listened to it like four times, front to back, okay. front to back. And I just got used to like, oh, okay, well, here comes beneath the surface. And I, I just love the acoustic guitar on that. I love the the synthesizer, the, the like the moog leads, the the you know, it's a it's a I mean, it's basically it's Lucky Man by ELP. I mean, that's that's you know, that that's not like a Emerson Lake and Palmer. That's not a uh it's not like a revelation, but that's kind of what they did with that song. Okay, but uh, right. but yeah, I think it's a really cool song. Yeah, like I already, I already had it, you know, in last place for me. So we know my <laughs> my thoughts. No, I, I mean, I knew you'd have it pretty far down there. So that's that's a pretty big jump. You have it at six. I have it at fifteen. <laughs> that's pretty crazy, man. Um, Greg Dunbar right. says, "Fight me." Yeah, it's well. <laughs> hey, you know. There will be no fighting here. Right. Only taking shots at Kale when he doesn't remember that there's 15 Dream Theater records. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my God! L- look at Kale. Oh, here, here's another hot take. His number six is Octavarium. He says, "Oof, I'm getting crucified for this." Yeah, this is not a good show for you, Kale. I don't know. It has to go somewhere. There's just others I kind of like more. <laughs> Man, All right. I don't think I don't think that's that bad. I I do, but okay. Um, all right. So my number six. Hopefully, Puziani is still tuned in. Uh, here we go. Space Dive Vest at number six. And again, my my note on this one just says, "Bring on the hate, assholes!" Yeah. You can't, you can't. There's no defending this. You're just spewing. Oh words. yes, there you're is. Just spewing words at that point. No, this is this is for my buddy Puziani. He'll, he'll understand this. So to me, this is like, you know, there's this there's this Italian liqueur called limoncello, and you can get it in the stores, but it's not. The actual stuff. I know the actual stuff. The actual stuff. Uh, you can make it with vodka, but you also make it with 190 proof Everclear, and it basically. And that's the way that I do it. That's the way that I was taught to do it, <laughs> and it's basically like frozen lemonade, but it's ungodly strong. And it's an after dinner drink, and you basically take it in little like, almost like a shot glass in a way, and you you sip it. It's just like a post dinner thing. And Space Divest, to me, is like a small, chilled, delicious limoncello after a huge Italian meal, the huge Italian meal being awake, and Space Divest being the limoncello. Like, that is just what it is like for me. It's like you sit back after this awesome experience, and then you just kind of are relaxing for a little bit at the very end. Like, I, I love it. It's, I mean, it's definitely weird, and it, it sticks out like a sore thumb, but for some reason... I have always loved that as a closer, which I never thought I would ever like a mellow song as a closing song on pretty much any any band's album. And there really aren't many, but this is definitely one of them. Yeah, I'll say it's more like, have you ever heard of a gorilla fart? It's like Jaeger <laughs> 151. And uh, it's a legit drink. It's like the most disgusting drink of, ever. It's like it's Jaeger one fifty one, and I and I think it's like tequila or something. <laughs> but that's what it's called. It's called the Gorilla Fart. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not making this up. I remember playing oh this, this playing this bar one time. And this guy was like, "Yeah, we're gonna try, we're gonna all gonna drink this. Guy. I have a Gorilla Fart," and I'm like. Oh what is it? And then he described what it was, and I'm like, oh god! And I drank it anyway, and I'm like, I just wanted to die. So, so disgusting. What, so what is it? One fifty one Jaeger and tequila. I, I don't know. I can't remember what the third one is. I have to Google it. But yeah, it, it's awful, man. I the next so time bad. we hang out, I'm buying one of one of each of those. I'm just gonna be like, you have to drink this. But instead, uh, we're gonna call it a space dive. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, oh uh, my god, that is hilarious, man. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> a gorilla yeah. fart. That's funny. All right. So uh, what <laughs> what do you have at number five? So at number five, this is why I wasn't, I was, thought Kale was okay. I actually put Octavarium there at five. Oh, all so right. It's, wow. It's, it's still in the top third, you know, at five. Okay. I thought you'd, I, th- that is not in my top three of you, but I thought you would have had it higher. No, it's a great, uh, well, actually, that means I would. I thought you would have had it at number four since we're at number five. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you would have had it in the top four. Yeah. Oh, it's our buddy JG three. What's up, man? Good to see you, bud. Thanks for thanks for hanging out. We Easily. are at number five right now. So 
So you didn't miss all of it, just two thirds. <laughs> yeah, just just the first nine, according yeah. to Kale. <laughs> so. you, 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 you missed the explanation of what a gorilla fart is, so yeah. that you missed that one. <laughs> so, anyways, back to your back to your Octavarium. Yeah, explanation. I mean, it's a big, giant, pompous, huge, you know, masterpiece. Um, I, I don't know. It is it really an album closer? It's almost like its own separate. Sort of similar to what you were saying about Count of Tuscany, I feel. Okay, that makes sense. Right, because I mean, this isn't uh, if this is a if this is vinyl, this isn't the entire second side, is it or no? I'm. Wow, that's a good question. I'm not sure because Sacrifice Sons, and then God, what's the sign? It's so weird anymore because you know I grew up in the age of vinyl, side one, side two, and then we're talking yeah. about well, what's the last song on on the album? You you would have to flip the album. I would think know? it might be there might be two songs because or, or flip the tape. So yeah, so I, yeah. I'll I'll use your kind of Tuscany kind of logic and explanation on this, and that's right. what that's kind of why I have it down a little bit farther. <laughs> Chris Minnick says, Octavarium at five. Now that's a gorilla fart. <laughs> we'll call it an Octavarium or a space divest. <laughs> no, we would have to call it a space divest because this is too yeah. good of a song. Yeah, this is going to be the joke that never dies on our show, a gorilla fart. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. Well, for Caleb, it would be an Australian gorilla fart because he's got it at six. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Sar- Sarcasmo as Holio says that his is learning to live. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> I love our show. Oh man. my god! Oh my god! That's fantastic. Now, sarcasm. Are you saying this is your number five, or is that your number one? We got to clarify there. So, um, all right. <laughs> sarcasm. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, all right. So my number five is losing time. Grand finale. I think this one for me is definitely. I love it as an ending to the Six Degrees Suite. Um, it's basically what I would have hoped that, you know, scene nine, finally free, would have been. Uh, when The first time I ever heard this record, I was like, this is such a gigantic ending to this whole thing. Uh, and again, you know, as I said earlier, I don't think it's just a great ending to, you know, the Six Degrees Suite. I think it's a great ending to the whole record. And... <clears throat> It, you know, on this one, I I do have to admit I wonder if it's a little bit of score bias again because I did see this at score, and it was phenomenal. Uh, but it's also you know this is what they closed the regular portion of the Six Degrees tour with in the second set, um, and I saw that show at the Vic in Chicago. It was the first time I'd ever seen him out of town, so I wonder if maybe that has maybe it's a little bit of an emotional connection to this. Um, you know, there's not much to the song, admittedly, but the vibe of it and just the emotion of it, I think, is a perfect bookmark to Six Degrees. Yeah, I can't argue with any of that. I know how much you love this album, front to back. Um, I just, I guess with this one, I went more with what songs do I like more, and there's a lot of songs I like more than this one. It doesn't okay. mean I doesn't mean I discredit that album. That's for sure. Okay, so Sarcasmo Asholio <laughs> has, has clarified that his l- number one is Learning to Live. Well, you might be in luck because neither Brian nor I have selected Learning to Live yet, so there we go. Um, Kale McLeish, he says Trial of Tears is his number four. Shout out to Grant for having this at number one. Yeah, real quick side note, uh, Kale hit me up and he actually 
made a he asked us about Viper King as well, whether or not we we're doing Viper King or Pale Blue Dot, because he was making a playlist for his grandma of all the closing songs so she could kind of come up with her list. So that's, that was, awesome. I, that's all the fact that he gets his grandma into this band and like involved in the show a little bit is the coolest thing ever, man. Um yeah, so so Grand has this at number one, Trial of Tears. Uh that is a beautiful choice. Your grand's very, very smart lady. Uh nice and mellow, great soloing, and a great uh jm lyric to boot only three go ahead of it for me this is an awesome track though there you go <laughs> jg3 half of losing time is one note literally <laughs> like it's a great note jay <laughs> all right what do you want man <laughs> so i want to set a scene for you here we're talking about grandmas and music so it's 1985 okay my, my, my grandma and grandpa have since passed away um lived on a farm it was always awesome to go visit the farm okay so when I got old enough to drive, it was a two-hour drive. My mom would always just have me drive, and and I would have my Walkman in, and uh, you know, my metal going. So I get there, and my grandma's like, "Oh, well, what what are you listening to?" So I <laughs> pull the headphones off. <laughs> Here, Grandma, check this out. This is a song by Kiss. It's called "Thrills in the Night." <laughs> <laughs> so I had my Maxell tape. I taped the album "Animalize," you know, on there, and right. she's like. She takes it off. She's like, you know, I really don't mind it so much, but I don't know how you can have it so darn loud. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so my grandma was on record as as being a, you know, being hip to uh, Animalized by Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> so also to, to 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 piggyback on, you know, I actually do have at number four, Trial of Tears. All right. So yeah, I I love this. You really, I think more than any other any other album that since we kind of did this. Well, maybe six degrees too, but, but yeah, I really have a new appreciation for uh, falling into infinity, and uh, I I love this song. As I love you like should. the <laughs> it's just a well, it's such a this song is just a giant nod to Xanadu. I mean, the beginning of it, like that's right. that Xanadu by Rush one hundred and one, and then it almost ventures over into you get a little bit of the Power Windows era Rush with some of the synth stuff going on behind it here and there, and then it's mm-hmm. like. I don't know. It's like full on fusion stuff, kind of by the end of it. Okay, and it's just man, it's just a just a great, great song that I I admit I slept and dropped the ball on for twenty plus years, and I feel dumb almost now. But <laughs> man, what a what a great song! Yeah, I I definitely love it. I've I've been studying this one because that's one of the ones that I'm going to be singing in a few months. Nice. So uh, that middle part, oh god, that's it's high. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I, I may not get through it, <laughs> so we'll see. If I sound like I'm trying too hard, you won't hear that version of it. But yeah, uh, Talking Into Infinity is my favorite record. Trial of Tears is my all-time favorite Dream Theater song, and I agree with everything that you said. Uh, look, Greg Dundor, Trial of Tears is my 11. Don't ban me, please. I'm hovering <laughs> over the block user button, dude. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I only ban those those porn bots in here. I don't I don't mind people having you know dissenting opinions. That is totally fine. Uh, all right. So my number four is only a matter of time from when Dream and Day Unite. Um, I love that record. I love that song as a closer. I completely agree with you. It kind of like hints at what's to come. I think it's one of the more polished songs on that album. It's um, it really set the stage also for that kind of 
dream theater like here's this big majestic slab of greatness to close this record out type of thing that you know it would come on later albums like you know for me like you know uh losing time grand finale has that kind of feel to it um you know uh, you know the end of in the presence of enemies part two has that you know and obviously the ones that i have coming up you know represent that as well but i think this really kind of set it up very well so Oh, I did. I did. I called them talking into infinity again. Damn it. I'm so used to doing that. All right. Falling into infinity. Sorry. God damn. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I've done that. I so wanna, let's have a fan contest. Let's redesign the album cover and call it talking into infinity. <laughs> See what we come up with. <laughs> I'll Photoshop pho- something. I was going to say, who knows Photoshop? So, all right. So only a matter of time. All right. So you're, we are now in your top three and I still have two of yours remaining have ha, so you still you still have all three of your guesses for my top three alive do i have that right no no i didn't i didn't tell you earlier because i was gonna all right so which one did it. you which which yeah. one did so, you think was ca- in my top ca- three i had kind of tuscany in there which probably looking back on it was dumb well no i don't think so <clears throat> i mean I, I got, I, I got I, uh two of the others i got though so okay yeah i've got i've got two of yours no wait, I mi- I just missed. Okay, I missed that one. I was I was doing kale math. Sorry, <laughs> it's gonna be a joke the whole show. <laughs> it totally is. Man, sorry, oh Kale. Man. It's all in fun. Um, we love you, man. Yeah. It, besides, now Kale's got one on me because I called the damn album "Talking Into Infinity" again. So, right. um, all right. So you're number three. What do I you got? Have? Learning to live. Oh, damn! All right. Well, there goes my there goes my guess for your number one. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the quintessential closer to the quintessential Dream Theater album of all time, and one of the greatest albums of all time. It. it yep. It, I don't there's think a, there's a reason why you 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 thought I should put it at one, which I probably should have, you know, thinking about it now. But yeah, I got I got it sitting there at three. Okay. Uh, yeah, I. There's nothing absolutely at all wrong with that song. It's basically perfect. Um. I'll save my notes until, you know, uh, look, <laughs> Sarcasmo asks Holy, we did not count the Change of Seasons EP. He says, number two off Change of Seasons, the big medley, great live closer. <laughs> I did ask you about that, though, because I was yeah. like, I'm, I mean, I would have put it way down there. It's just a it's a medley of covers and whatever, which yeah, is fine. Yeah, it's, it's the Ronnie Scott's gig, so, yeah. Um, all right, so my number three, <clears throat> pardon me, is Octavarium. And this is a song that just continues to grow on me the more and more time goes by. Uh, again, it could be score bias for me again, but I don't think that it is because I really think that this is just a fantastic song. And again, I keep getting into it more and more the more times that I listen to it. It's kind of like the opposite of Illumination Theory. Like the more I listen to Illum- Illumination Theory, I pick it apart more, whereas Octavarium just gets better and better for me. So... I just love this song, and it, you know, I th- I think all the all the different, you know, like I I said about illumination theory, it it's like it doesn't come together for me. It just seems like parts stuck together, whereas Octavarium, I think the parts blend perfectly. You know, like going into like like that transition just works great, and then you know 
going into the end of it that's all big and again this just ends the album on such an incredible huge just massive piece of music that just it feels like the end and you pictured Petrucci holding out a note and waving to the crowd and you know it's just the it's quintessential for me it's quintessential dream theater closing material so i have i have octavarium at number three yeah i bet if you did a uh if we did a fan poll and let's try to get a decent amount of number you know let's say we got 500 people i bet that 75 to 80 percent would have that top three I, I i think that's probably a given don't you or no i i would say so yeah i would say so and i got uh, absolutely murdered for having it at five <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um all right so cms network says in all seriousness i don't know how to say i like parts of a song in quotes with dream theater so whatever part is around the 10 minute mark of in the presence of enemies from systematic chaos would be my part so that's actually uh in uh that's in part two i think it's like the really dark part how long how long is the first one the first part i don't know the whole thing's like 20 minutes long yeah (laughs) anyway yeah i'm pretty sure that's like the 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 dark part of you know uh, part two so good call there good call there all right, your number two. This one floored me. I kept moving this song all over the place. I, I put Finally Free. Wow. So this is my reasoning. There's I, I think there's a holy trinity of concept albums, okay? Okay. Scenes, scenes from a Memory, Operation Mind Crime, and then Chicken and Beer by Ludacris. Those are the three, I think the three best. By the way, I've, I've got your, I've got your, got the mind crime on, yeah, I do. Because well, especially the ludicrous, because it covers both chicken and beer. It's not just one or the other. <laughs> but no, no, I really think those are two. Joking aside, those are like two of the. I, I, I don't know what's a better. I mean, maybe you oh, might say Lord. the astonishing because I know you love that album, but uh, I'll still say scenes from memories better record. But I, I think like scenes from yeah. a memory is like a. Like, man, is that just like almost like a songwriter's clinic? Like, forget about the whole progressive aspect and how good of players they are. Just the songs. Like, the songs are just, I don't know, they're just they're just great. Like, the melodies are great. Like, they're just, they're so well-formed. You know, to me, it's almost like, it's almost like they're Sgt. Peppers in a way. Like, I don't know, it's just, okay. I, I know it's not remotely the same type of a thing at all, but it's, it's just such a song-oriented, and it flows, and... I really floored myself by putting this way up there. I don't know. I I love it. I love the love the ending and and you know all the crazy dramatic stuff that happens. You know, and then the you know the, the guys talking and stuff start it and end it. And right, I love the piano stuff in there. Like everything on this album, when it's piano and acoustic guitar, it's just like gold. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I put it up there all the way at number two. That one that one floored me more than any of the ones I ended up doing. Look at this. Wayne, our buddy Wayne Joyner, good to see you, man. He says, learning to live is his best closer, and trial of tears is a close second. Well, you 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 tuned in at a at a great time because uh my number two is trial of tears. Uh I yeah, as I said earlier, that is my favorite dream theater song, and it's on my favorite dream theater record. I don't think I really need to go into more detail than that. It's just beautiful. I love that song. I love the vibe of it. I love the feel. Um, the understated busyness at some of the parts. 
of some of the parts, I should say, is I've always just loved it. You know, some of the drums, like, you know, the the, the double-time hi-hat stuff that Portnoy's doing, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so, yeah, that's Trial of Tears is my number two. And while we did not pick the same number one, I'm not surprised at your number one, which is? Count of Tuscany. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I guess maybe a little bit in hindsight, it's definitely more for the song than than maybe the ending of the album. But as we said, it's a disjointed kind of album anyway, so something's got to end it. So it's probably no matter what you end it with, it's not going to feel like a closing type of a song anyway. So yeah, why not end with a just absolute killer 19 minute and 54 seconds or whatever it is of gigantic prog melodic greatness you know yep that's it's hard to argue with the count of tuscany man you know but you know again as i as i said in in my notes that was the start of where it got difficult for me great song but it's kind of you know the ones that i had ahead of it like you have it at number one i have it at number eight and i just figured i just thought that as, as album closers the other ones were you know they just worked better for me as closers um yeah i was i was torn with your number one and number two because i i i I wanted to lean towards count of tuscany but then i thought about like thought about it in terms of an actual album closer and i know how much you'd love learning to live so i actually had guessed that you would put learning to live as your number one which you did not but that's okay. I came in to save the day for learning to live, and it is my number one. So the and the reason I put it up above Trial of Tears is because I think it is the perfect album closer. Uh, the, it's the best one that Dream Theater's done, in my opinion. I think this song, something about it, like I don't know if this this analogy will make sense, but it's always felt like the Big Brother song to all the other songs on Images and Words. It just feels a little more mature uh a little more i don't i don't even know how to it just seems a little bit more mature than the other songs and i you know especially when you end with that huge high james vocal you know at the end and stuff and it's just anytime they play it live it just sounds fantastic and uh you know oh yeah it's it's it's, it's huge yeah it's amazing huge amazing song i only got so you got two of my three i only got one for you trial of tears i had matter okay. of time for you but you picked it fourth, so i was pretty close on that <laughs> yeah you're pretty close and then yeah. i had like i said i had tuscany up there too which probably in hindsight was kind of dumb yeah yeah wow look at this so uh the cms network we are a, me- uh, a member of the cms network they, they uh my buddy aiken says by the way just wanted to tell you boys congrats that your episode of the best opening songs has over 1,400 downloads on Anchor. Glad to have the show on the CMS Network definitely finding its footing. That's awesome. Thanks, man. And thanks for letting us know. And definitely thanks to all the 1,400 people that downloaded it. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Man, that is awesome. Look at this. All right, so Steven Engel, you got to take this with a grain of salt because he's a Steeler fan. Uh, <laughs> as a fan of all eras and albums, I do not like Octavarium. I can't explain it. I can't explain why it just doesn't do it for me. And see, now correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, uh, Stephen, but me and you completely disagree. 
on this one and we completely disagree on illumination theory because that one you really really like that one and i just that was my second to last i can see why people don't like octavarium i don't know that i can necessarily explain it but i can see why even hardcore fans are like yeah i don't know about this yep there Yep, there he is. He said it in the comments up above. I would have to say that while Metropolis Part 2 is a masterpiece, I think as an album, Mind Crime is actually better overall. Boy, is that a sideshow to discuss. Um, I, I would actually agree with that. You, you can't top Operation Mind Crime, man. That, that, I, that set the bar so so high. Like it, No. <laughs> it is my number three album of all time, my favorites. But, oh, really? Hey, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, it's uh, the two most influential records ever for me are 1984 van halen obviously and then injustice for all and if i have a number three it's mind crime nice. it, it was it's not so much influential but just in terms of like favorite so uh and he says i stand by the illumination theory is and always will be the best oh my god well so we had one good comment and one terrible one <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, I actually got to see did you see the, i saw the tour where the justice tour where, where uh, Queensryche opened oh that, that god, was a lucky bastard man. yeah that so you got awesome. to see Metallica at, at basically at their peak before yep. they started going more commercial, uh, and you got to see the Mind Crime record in its entirety as well. Yeah, and I saw Ooh. I saw him right before Cliff passed away too because I saw the Master of Puppets with Ozzy. God, man, my so. brother saw that one too. <laughs> yeah, wow, those were two That's... incredible shows, of course. But all right, so so this is a, I want to ask you this question real quick off topic, Brian, and we'll get back to Dream Theater. So CMS Network Aiken wants to know uh, the Crimson Idol is right there with Mind Crime. I highly, highly disagree with that. I tried listening to the Crimson Idol and I'm like, I don't get it. Why is this legendary? I just I didn't understand the whole. I've checked it out a few times. I'm not familiar with it enough. I know a lot of people absolutely love that album. I think Blackie Lost is extremely talented and very underrated. There's a lot of really cool Wasp stuff. Yeah. So, but you know, I don't yeah, think I just, I, that's not a crazy opinion. There's a ton of people that love that album. Yeah. I just obviously. I try, I was like, man, I don't understand. But uh, all right, so let's see. So Sarcasmo Asholio <laughs> says. <laughs> Octavarium is a grower and a shower. <laughs> I think that's shower. <laughs> shower, yeah. A grower and a shower. Uh, Nick Brayman, he says, Octavarium was a grower for me and really grew on me after seeing it live. Yeah, that's. I, I would say that's a good take because that happened to me too. Uh, I liked it on the record, but then seeing it live, I was kind of like, whoa. You kinda, but I think there's a lot of stuff like that, so... So what was the, I wrote down some questions I wanted to ask. So what was the hardest one to rank for you? Well, I already said mine was for you from a top. Ooh. Um I don't know that there was one that was if So I, what's I, like what's one that you moved around a whole bunch or Well, like, I I dropped scene 9 several spots. Yeah. Um Honestly, I dropped the astonishing a bunch too because I remember liking it more than I did. I mean, it's a good song, but then when I had to put it through the prism of album closer, I was like, um, right. "Man, you know what?" I would say, I would say, maybe losing time grand finale because I yeah. because I I love the vibe of the whole thing, but I just couldn't bump it up higher i mean i have it five so that's you know in the top third but 
but I also kind of listened to it. I could see why somebody would have it low. Like you know, I have I have I have it at number five. I put it and at, and, and you have it at eleven. 11. Yeah. So yeah, that one, that one was hard to rank. At one point, I think I had it like six. Yeah, it, that's like, yeah. that's just a goofy one, man. So yeah, I mean, what and and what did you say yours one yours was the difficulty that you had? Uh, the hardest one was view from a top, and I knew that going in. Like, like I knew. I guess I almost took the easy way out. It's sitting right in the middle. You put yours a lot lower, but yeah. I think it was kind of an easy way to sort of stick it in the middle there. Right. But I, I almost can guarantee you in three years from now we did this list, I I I bet I would put it up the top five and then probably kick Octavarium out and then get yelled at again. <laughs> 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 or maybe I'd kick finally free out. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, Kale, Kale kicked out an entire record, so... He says, "So which album doesn't exist again?" Like, Kale, I don't. Did, did you have only a matter of time, Kale? Because if you did, then I don't know which one of the you know you missed of the fourteen after that. So, I, which man. album doesn't exist again? Yeah, exactly. That's so good, man. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I, I got to tell you, Stephen Engel, man. Illumination Theory, you may love it as your number one. Illumination Theory is a gorilla fart where I'm concerned. <laughs> that's that's what we learned tonight. We learned about gorilla farts. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so Kale says he had only a matter of time was fifth. All right, so what did you miss? You're going to have to go through your own list, Kale. I can't be scrolling through the comments here. That's crazy. How did you miss one? All right. Look at Sarcasm asked Julio is going to get his ass banned. Trial of Tears is great because the rest of the album sucks. Whatever. Blow me. N yeah, please. There are there are way, way, way worse records than Falling Into Infinity. You are crazy, man. So just, I decided to look it up. This is great radio, too, by the way. Yeah. Gorilla Fart, this says... <laughs> uh, <laughs> It says 151 and Yukon Jack. But this one here says it's three ingredients. So what's the third one? Oh, <laughs> that see, that sounds awful. At least you would think the Jägermeister would give it some kind of flavor. Yeah, but this Yukon isn't Jack right. Now, now this one says vodka, Bacardi, and banana liqueur. That's actually going to make it so you can actually drink it, which is not the, yeah. the whole point. It's supposed to be so bad you don't even want to. <laughs> <laughs> JG3, you're about to get on the band train too. He says, falling into infinity, more like falling into garbaggio. <laughs> Dude, I, man, why do people hate on that record? I've never understood it. I just don't get it. I mean, we'll get into that when we do the album deep dive, but. Uh, I thought we already know. did that one. No, we haven't done that. I, I've purposely not done your favorite album, my favorite album. Oh. So. Um, so anyway, I, I guess, you know, that, that about, you know, wraps it up for tonight, but, you know, sp speaking of favorite records, uh, in two weeks, we are going to have our big double episode for images and words. We are going to do our deep dive into the record, and we are also going to have an interview with Monty Colvin from the Galactic Cowboys. Uh, they toured with Dream Theater during the Images and Words tour and were with them as the record was blowing up because of the success of Pull Me Under. So uh, we kind of want to get his his views on what it was like to tour with the guys before, you know, before and as they started really becoming, you know, kind of like a mainstream known kind of a thing. 
So that should yeah. be pretty cool, man. That's going to be a little bit longer of an episode, but uh, you know, go ahead and get your your hot takes regarding images and words ready to go. Uh, hopefully, JG three is there and uh, Sarcasmus Holio. I, I still have to determine whether or not they're banned for crapping on my favorite record, Falling into Infinity. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so that'll be on the sixteenth. It'll be our big double episode for. Uh, Images and words, and then one week after that, so we're not going two weeks at that point, we're doing one week, on December 23rd, we will be doing our big fan hangout. So we're going to talk about anything you guys want. If you want to be on camera with us, just shoot us an email at talkingintoinfinity at gmail.com, and we'll send you guys a link during the show. You can jump on and you know be on camera, talk about whatever the heck you want, ask questions, whatever. Um, it's going to be a blast, man. That That's going to be a really good time. Obviously, you know, the holidays will be, you know, following day will be Christmas Eve. So we'll be all festive and everything like that. Knowing me, I'll probably end up drunk on that show. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, this was fun, man. I, I love these ranking episodes because it gets pretty difficult. And it's it's interesting to see where we have things, you know, st stuff like, you know, Viper King. I, I had it, you know, at 10 or excuse me, at nine and, and you had it last you know you had c9 finally free at it i had it at 10 you had it at number two so it's always you know always good <laughs> brayman can't wait for the hangout show and tossing back some gorilla farts <laughs> <laughs> i really want to find out what that is and mix one on the air like it just see if i can find no, like the single single shots of what that. that stuff is and just be like all right this is an actual gorilla fart like uh, you'll be sick oh for a day <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see. So, yeah, well, thanks again, man. This is a blast. I can't wait to do it again in a couple weeks. And uh, don't forget, everybody, uh, we are here live every other Thursday, so our next show will be December 16th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, and the CMSNetwork.com. You can find video replays on Heavy Metal Television and our YouTube channel, and you can download audio versions of the podcast. I usually have those up no no more than two hours after we get off of our live shows so if you want to just check it out on the audio platforms just go ahead and google us and uh brian i think definitely one more time we got to thank everybody because that stat about 1400 downloads on that episode is that's crazy man that's huge that we really appreciate it yeah that's totally awesome man all you guys that that you know every week that uh you know are on or, or downloading or telling people about it i mean anytime we can get you know, more people listening, whether it's download or live show, it's just amazing. And, you know, it's fun to do this for ourselves, you know, but it's more fun when everyone's interacting into it. You know, it makes it makes it just a blast. I, I look forward to it every time. Yep, I do, too. And I, I completely agree with you. I know we say it pretty much every show, but having having people live in the chat and goofing off and stuff like that is, is a lot of fun. You know, even even if they're hating on my favorite record or goofing around with us, you know, <laughs> like yep. it's always a good time. So, uh yeah, thanks, guys, and uh, we will see you on December 16th for our big double Images and Words episode. Catch you later, guys. Carpe diem.